So many people when they uh, come to meditate or their inclination to meditate um, one of the things that comes up is the ability to focus mm. and feeling they can't focus focus takes effort, energy and mind is very distracted so yeah, the sense comes up, calm down get some calm so you can get the focus mm. But you can't get the focus until you calm down. But you can't calm down until you get the focus. But you can't get the focus until you calm down. So, how do you calm down so you can get the focus so you can calm down some more? So, hmm, better try harder to get the focus calm down sort of suppress tighten up focus on something and try to just push everything else away <coughs> and this is a understandable um, strategy you know certainly done that myself and I don't think it's entirely wrong yeah, certainly this skimming away, putting away what isn't necessary, mm. and uh, that. Mm. But really, you know, mm. you could focus less, more like a focus of heart. Um, and we may start with just being more patient with ourselves. I think after about five or six months of intense meditation, I kind of realized I had to start being pleasant to myself, <laughs> agreeable. I had. Um, and so my first experience meditation was I was in put it into a little kuti and I was there for three years so on, in solitary there was nothing to do no pujas just sat there and nobody to talk to and so strangely enough your mind goes a little bit intense um, and then you fight with it to get it to shut up. So I think the first six months, at least of my meditation, I had non-stop music playing in my brain. And all, all the music I'd ever heard <laughs> playing all day in my brain, just going over and over again, just kind of fighting with it. And, you know, occasionally managed to shut it up, but then it would creep back, when you get tired it creep back in again and then you get so exasperated and frustrated and I just uh, better start to be you know, being pleasant to myself instead of this constant battle to maintain focus so it's been taking it very much more like 
you know, the, the aim changes. Just can you get through the next minute without getting angry with yourself? Can you get through the next minute, next ten seconds, just being a little more loving and accepting and patient and persistent and just, you know, try to avoid getting nasty <laughs> and angry and upset. You know, so it's like that, learning that, opening the heart. Could I, you know, stop creating ideas of where I'm supposed to get to at what time, what stage, just getting myself, you know, planning and strategizing meditation and measuring how good I was at it and where I was going to get to and what you needed to be to be a stream intro or an arahant or an agami and which better had been this. Stop doing that. This way, of, this way is not going to do you any good. So these understandings of my own case anyway, these insights, just this is suffering. And you know how to do suffering very well. And just that sense of, you know, I'm really stuck. I'm stuck. My mind is completely stuck. And it's what is to be a little more friendly to it. You have to live with this. Better start making friends with it. You're going to live with this for how long, I don't know. Better start making friends with it. Uh, giving it space. Relating to it. You know, talking to it. Moving it around. Congratulating it when you had one moment of sanity. Very patient, little tiny moments at a time. It's in the intensity, suffering, pressure, self, stopped, eased up a bit. Mm. Less reactive. Less obsessed with myself. Didn't have to. Actually, didn't have to be that good. Even a, you know, forget being Aran, forget being Anagami, forget being not once returner, forget being stream enterer. Just try to get to the day of being halfway reasonable. <laughs> So, so the deflation of the pressure clinging to oneself something has to be enlightened or is in unenlightened or is halfway enlightened or is completely hopeless clinging, forming a self out of this mass of suffering 
It's like this. <coughs> now here we have time to bhavana and remember the bhavana, the cultivation and the aim of our cultivation is to stop suffering and the things to watch out for and this is a clinging, craving, craving to have, craving to get rid of clinging, making a self out of things mm. let's go through the day and notice we, how the self forms when the self starts to form you know you're gonna, there's going to be some suffering self plans the future what I will be self measures what I am mm. Self tries to create some territory for itself. This is my bit, and um, keeps narrowing focus. Self takes itself very seriously, and with all of these, you notice as a particular intensity comes up. Life is no longer smooth, flowing. You know the possibility it could be smooth and flowing. There's so much controlling and trying to make it something. So much controlling things, trying to make things, defending, holding, resisting, reaching out. There's this jarring effect. And the cultivation, the aim of cultivation is purification. And the Buddha summed this up in in number of ways, but the the briefest summary is the deathlessness is the freedom of the mind from clinging, freedom of jitta from clinging is deathlessness. Jitta. Freedom of jitta from clinging is deathlessness. Now we may think that I cling, I'm a clinger, I've got a lot of clinging, but this is not the right way of seeing it. The result of clinging is the sense of self comes up. You are, that self is the result of clinging to what? Of an adherence, a resistance, a taking a stand, an adopting of feeling, perceptions, mental formations, form, consciousness. Taking a stand, adopting, then resisting their change, um, resisting the shifting of feeling, craving for the shifting of feeling resisting the change of perception, craving for the change of perception. Mm. I like to see it nice and sunny, I don't like it like this. I like the room to be empty, I don't like it with people. I like it with some people, not a lot of people. I like it with the air conditioning on, not with the air conditioning off. I like it warmer or colder. So there's always this jarring with how it is. 
I go to the meal, I like this food, I don't want that food. I notice she's got a lot of food, and I start to criticise her, she must be a pig. <laughs> and I hope I'm not a pig, but I look at my plate, maybe I'm a pig. So, you know, clinging to, to perception of people, judging, judging yourself, judging others, expecting everybody to be the same thinking you're normal and everybody else is something different, you know. So forming this judgment, clinging, is like this, it jars, and you get this jars and then the proliferation of activities and thoughts and emotions starts happening. We create people, create self, and it creates ourselves, taking a position. This is right, I am right, this is normal, I am wrong. I'm right, I'm wrong, I'm bad, I'm good, I'm half good, some good, you know. Something wants to cling to know who I am. To know who I am, where I am, and how I can be better than I am. Notice that experience, which I'm sure most of us have, sometime or another. Perhaps a lot of the time. Yeah. because the feeling is this way the perception is this way the form is this way the consciousness is this way and the clinging to that something. this is what I am I am this set of memories mental activities physical feelings this is what I am mm. and I wish it could be another way which would be better happier, cleaner, clearer wiser this is this jarring effect because it's this now who says how it should be what is it that says how it should be what does this word should be mean (laughs) what happens when you have that word can you hear the, the subtle moan the, the grief behind it. And I should be. Can you hear that? I am. Whatever I am, it can't be good enough because that would be proud and, or lazy or conceited to say that I am good enough. So I must be not good enough. If I'm not good enough, I should definitely improve myself. I can't say I am good enough, so I must be not good enough. And what am I not good enough at? Well, there's a list, pick a list, there's lots of them. (laughs) And think of something in the past that you failed at, you were not good enough at, you could have done better. So this kind of clinging to experience and measuring and it doesn't actually produce or conducive to purity mm. produce the fretfulness, worry, doubt, agitation self-criticism, aversion blaming others, blaming oneself getting, building up a whole history and library of oneself who's that? 
times. The, the Buddha said all these formations are unsatisfactory perceptions and unsatisfactory feelings, unsatisfactory form is unsatisfactory, consciousness is unsatisfactory. So once you've got that basic lowdown on it all, where's the failure? The failure was in this clinging, sticking, and then the clinging conducive to supports craving, becoming, and so on. Purification. So purification is you know, path. It's not purification of self, it's purification of jitta or clearing, clearing its obsessiveness, its confusion. This is the aim, the focus. clearing it of the future. The future is a projection of the past, so if we don't know the future, but we can remember the past, I was this in the past, I'm this kind of person, therefore in the future, you know, we extend the pattern. Anxiety. Purification of citta comes through several means, but um, this becomes possible because the problem of citta or the issue of citta, karma, inheritance, karma, and this is comes to us is kept alive through sankara activations. So these are activations. They're like, I liken to the programs you get in computers. Mm. So as you, as jitta arises, it, it gets programmed, it gets sankharad into the sense world, as this is what I am, I am this thing that sees, hears. Mm. I am bound to senses. Program. Notice that visual objects change and cease. You can't see sounds. So, and they're all coming and going. So where is the bond? Could you make something seeable that isn't here? Can you make something that you can see not see? Can you make something that looks green? Could you make it yellow? What say you are in? So we we get conditioned to being rather like a victim of the sense consciousness, stuck in it, stuck in sounds and sights. This is the conditioning. So, very simply speaking, one of our practices is just to 
notice, we can notice seeings like this, shapes, sights, colours, are just visual play. And you look at around, you know, you can see impressions of bodies around you, what's that? Think that's a person? Mm. And people put a lot of effort into making their bodies look something that's interesting, different. Something interesting living inside this thing. You know? But all we see is uh, ex- expanse of skin, bit of hair. <laughs> There's only so much you can do with it. And really, you know, the person, whoever, whatever's happening, isn't what you see on the cover. <laughs> you, know, you know, people look pretty nice, or kind of nice skin, nice even features, and there's torment and worry and doubt and going on in, within it. You know, so it's not a true representation of a person, is it? So we see seeing, seeing, is seeing. That's it. And so that clinging to sense consciousness where you really find yourself attracted, repelled, fascinated, jarring, snagging. On this one, when you look in a mirror, look around you, what do you see? You think you see people? You see form, play of form. So we practice like this, not to say that there isn't the scene, but the scene is just the scene. And when there's that calm and coolness about it, then something happens. There isn't that jarring of aversion, attraction, fascination, comparing, contrasting. It's smooth. Mind feels smooth. It's, It's just visual play, visual play. Mm. hearing, just visual play, uh, auditory play. This is a purification. It means the mind isn't jumping, snagging. The sankhara, the activation is quiet. It doesn't activate further into complexities. Mm. Seeing is the seeing. Hearing is the hurt. So this is the focus. This is the name. This is cultivation. When there is the jarring, where is that snag? Notice what's that? How does it happen? Hmm? What is there agitation? Is it? How is that? So we cultivate like this. And extending the heart. So, not to say there's nobody else here, but uh, we realize the most important and valuable piece of what's here is citta effective hearts so bringing forth the warmth calm openness sensitivity yeah that's something 
when it does that, then again we feel something instead of this uh, self-concern, self-worry, withdrawal, we feel heart feels open, there's a happiness in that. And then whatever arises, internally, externally, there's samasankapa, mind, heart is free from abuse, violence, cruelty, harshness, sensuality, is put inside those. And so we arrive at something like goodwill, kindness, compassion, patience, simplicity. And this is a signs of purity, purification of heart. Then the agitations, the comparisons stop. Whoever it is, can I sustain my my responses to them with a mind that's not wavering, it's just calm, comfortable, not frightened, not feeling you have to be something special, or clever, or important, or know everything, or imagine you know, imagine the others better than you, or worse than you, or the same as you. It's just, you know, the way that these things get so complicated with being with other people. The, you know, the nervousness. So this, the worry, the doubting, the comparing. Notice that. You look around the dining hall, there's 50 other people faces and you feel agitated or just extending your heart to the unity people are getting fed and nourished this feels good mudita so the heart tends to experience qualities that unify give harmony and we bring that forth sense consciousness sense differentiations she's big he's small Mm. she's old he's young Mm. this one I know this one I don't know differentiations the heart just steadily you know it's not so much you know great um, passions or fascination just the, the peacefulness of opening to the presence of others whatever that means the perceptions of otherness the perceptions of self they're just perceptions and rather than that jarring, tangling shrinking, pushing you know comparing, contrasting just may we all be well May we be well. I can do this. This I can do. A little bit. Hmm? There's a purification there. 
purification through body. So, you know, this is why we, uh, I uh, try to encourage cultivating the, the vitality, the energy, the, as awareness comes, as our life force comes into this body, the life force is flowing through this body. It can be jumping, or sluggish, or hungry, or desperate, tangled. And it's purifying, just smoothing out all these tangles and reflexes that sometimes we don't, most of the time we don't know why they're there or what they're about. They're not subject to our thought. Their minds can't unravel them. Um, but they are accessible to, to the energy, through energy. Basic energy is centered around breathing in, breathing out, the life force energy. And that breathing in and breathing out clearly is that which keeps you alive. Yeah, so when you contemplate breathing in, breathing out, you realize something is pushing the breath, drawing it in and releasing it. So rather than just the sensations, you contemplate, you get in touch with what, where does the breath begin, breathing begin, that pulling, and where does it end, that fading, and you know, you see there's an energy there that's doing it. And if you become aware, attuned to that energy, you realize that energy does, isn't just constrained, constricted or restricted to lungs and nose. It's um, something that tends to warm, pervade the body. Because that's what it's supposed to do. That's why we breathe in and out, so that energy body is energized and refreshed and you can you can begin to be sensitive to that but it's again the, the obstacle here is the sense consciousness which sees this bit is breathing this bit isn't it differentiates it, it, it breaks things up this is my nose my lungs they breathe my knees don't breathe and so it breaks the body up but fortunately, the body knows better, <laughs> and when we breathe, it evenly distributes the energy throughout the whole body. At least it tries to. You know, it doesn't want the feet to starve. But of course, uh, the what occurs for people is the the, the this life force energy which is the source of our life, is also affected by the heart. So all the heart also takes energy, and the thinking takes energy, and the breathing in and out takes energy. So they're all actually using the same resource, and the energy uh, is affected by thought, the energy is affected by thought and the energy is affected by emotion, impulse, 
intention, attitude, activity. All that affects energy. So whether activity is of thought or of impulse, intention, emotion, or it's of moving around or breathing it out, it's the same energy gets affected. So this is why if our hearts are all worried and confused and agitated, it affects our energy and it affects your body. You find yourself feeling tense and tight. If the heart is loving, it affects your body. Your body starts to subtly relax, calm. Because you're putting a loving energy or something sweeter, purer, less forceful, less contrived, less controlling, more trusting, faith, these qualities. So we breathe in and out, the mental attitude is very important because that's going to affect the energy, that's going to affect your body, that's going to affect your breathing. And so you can, it can be the case that, you know, one was breathing in and out quite comfortably until you started trying to be mindful of it. And once you started trying to be mindful of breathing in and out, it got really difficult. You, you tightened up around it and you tried to say, okay, it's um, between nose, chest, count every breath, and this attitude law and order got established on nature <laughs> and there's no trust the mind starts to, to it dominate or impose on the breathing so the breathing starts to feel very difficult tight sometimes we go numb with it and so just to begin to learn you know Purity is goodwill, purity is openness, non-resistance, more fully opening to how it is, even if it's not great. Just deciding not to be unpleasant and miserable about it and obsessive about it. Just let it be how it is. Notice, you know, so sometimes with anapana, mindfulness of breathing, just step back. So just let it be how it is and stop getting intense about it. It begins to calm, body knows what it's doing and you feel perhaps lighter. And then remember, keep that attitude towards your mind, your heart and brain, thinking. Don't worry about what you're supposed to do. purpose of the heart is to feel in a warm, receptive way. purpose of the thinking is to question. Just to ask a question to, how is that? How is that? Just to stay in touch. Stay in touch. 
stay in touch, not to impose its ideas. Stay in touch. How is that? How does it feel? How is that? So it's like you're just staying in touch with it. Staying in touch with this, <coughs> your life energy. It's there, behind everything you say, do, and feel. It's there. So you keep feeling annoyed and angry. Don't get involved with the story, the images, the pictures, just feel that surging of energy. Take the, the idea, the picture out, the plan, feel the energy, open to it, feel it in your blood, in your fingers, in your arms. And it just begins to soften, change. So it stops us fighting with our emotions. We translate everything into energy, and then that's there's no division. Energy is just energy. It moves. It's alive. Now, if you look at it in terms of emotions and thoughts, some are negative, some are positive. And so, but then if you go to the unity, it's just energy moving, and we don't act upon it. We open to it and touch into the flow of that energy. How is it supposed to be? I don't know. It's like this. So this is where the level of, of energy, you, you can begin to relax attitudes around what you should or shouldn't feel, your mind states, and it helps the, the obsession or the with mind states begins to wane and the mind states start to soften and dissolve because one isn't giving them a lot of power you're not giving them a lot of um, attention you're not suppressing them or ignoring them what is the quality say of worry or doubt it's this flustering, fluttering energy moving rapidly backwards and forwards feeling it in my stomach, in my chest, in my skin widen, soften over the whole body see so if you're welcoming that energy, letting it cascade through and it begins to settle so we this is the purification and breathing as you're find that a lot of these uh, mind states begin to open and dissolve then what is left is just breathing in breathing out, however that is feel it as a unity rather than something you know, that you're separate from just let it happen to you even if you can't get it that clearly you know, just ask yourself right now is it in or out? Yeah, feels like it's coming in now. Even that, just that lightness of touch, 
and I'm open to that I let it come through and so your, your sensitivity increases the less aggressive you are in terms of your attention get more sensitive, gentler because you're not really worried about getting it right or getting it wrong that's just the thinking mind you know, dreams, daydreams just bring up more attention it's like this now soften, widen how is it the body you feel the energies move change there's this play and there's a lightness to that the qualities that uh, enable us to release clinging so we're able to pause check where, we're, where the clinging occurs open, widen, relax these are this is the virtues of morality virtue patience, kindness, renunciation mm. resolve, just staying with it so these are occasions of what's called merit bunya, bunbarami and the more that you cultivate these so that instead of that jumping to conclusions, you pause, patient, wait instead of that going to ill will towards yourself and to others you put down ill will instead of deceiving yourself or being furtive or greedy you go to generosity, virtue so these help you to release these places where clinging occurs and the result is there's a brightness of energy mind energy, heart energy feels clean right, clear and that transfers to your breathing so this way the when we look at the unity of things our understanding our, emo, our impulses and intentions our attitudes they will all support purification of energy purification of the life force and you'll feel it in your body you feel strangely cleaner, clearer, lighter less tormented, less twisted, less compressed so you're bringing the bun, the, the goodness breathing it in and so you know this is important you can kind of focus on it what happens so you just take up the quality of goodwill and as you bring up the quality of goodwill you find something or someone you can experience that towards gratitude, generosity, loving kindness How's it, what's it like when you're holding that in mind and you feel your body and you feel yourself breathing and out just, isn't there something like the breath rises and it's gladdened when we feel happy and loving
Mm. You notice when people are, are happy, you can see their chest rises, you know, their face shines. Mm. So this definitely affects the bodily energy. People who are mean or twisted, angry, their energy is very different. You see animals can detect it. Mm. Mm. Then you start, dogs start getting upset or you know, so you can det- detect it. Animals can sense energies like that. Because this is, runs right across the the spectrum of life, this is life force. So these qualities of goodwill or negativity, they're not they they're not just human judgments, they actually have a they're real energies. <laughs> you know, they're not just social judgments. The bright energy, good energy has a bright quality to it. And the negative is dark, cloudy, murky, tangled. And so our aim is to acknowledge the dark, the tangled. And the big, the good is always bigger. That is, you can empty the negativity into the goodwill. Being having goodwill towards the negative. Being friendly, non-resistant towards the negativity. Being patient and loving towards the frustration or the sadness. So the, the good will always mollify, absorb the hurt, the frustrated. Otherwise there'd be no way out of suffering. The way of suffering would not be through doing good, would it? <laughs> out of suffering would not be through doing good because the quality of goodness has the ability to surpass ignorance. Confusion, clinging, craving. Otherwise, there will be no release through virtue, generosity, kindness, patience, truthfulness. Because there is, because the quality of goodness cleans and brightens and dispels things. It's important to to remember this. This It's not just about being a nice person or making sure nobody else blames you. Yeah. This is really about sustaining your own welfare, and of course, other people benefit too. And it's the life energy, and the heart, the mind, the jitta, as it drinks that in, it gets less frightened, less desperate, less starving, less deluded by the senses. It feels nourished, it settles and it calms, settles down happy mind settles down and easily enters samadhi and samadhi is a place where you just distill and dwell and absorb the beautiful into the body into the mind it's a place where you just store it and, and absorb it this is you know, something to this is a life project, really. Because we know that uh, we must always bear in mind this, our life is limited. We don't know how long. Some of us might have 10 years left. 
five years left. You never know. Yeah, but you know that every day it's getting more and more likely that you're going to be dead. You know, the odds are going up. For sure. So, without being gloomy, just being realistic, say, okay, this is where, that's where the door is, it's down there. It could be 10 years, 5 years, 1 year, 3 months, 20 years, but there's a door down there I'm going to go through. Other people will go through that door. Yeah? It doesn't look so good. <laughs> people struggling, you know, and the body's all smashed up, or diseased, or bloated, or discoloured. Gee, it doesn't look good. That's the sense consciousness. But uh, really what, what occurs that a person, dying person knows themselves is the life force is concluding, it's waning. The breath current wanes, it gets less, the body starts to struggle. Struggle. Because it can't get enough and the body starts struggling get more breath, the vitality is going. This is where it's so important to spend your time absorbing the goodness into the heart. So the clarity, the vitality, you know, if you've begun to bring goodness into your breath, into your body, into your actions, into your impulses and circulate it through your life, then this quality of goodness is there in your in your chitta. And your chitta knows now is the time we must leave. Breath is fading. We've received this gift of breathing and out. We've used the energy to clear some old karma, some habits, some tangles, some frustrations we've cleared now absorb into the good absorb into the good mm. you see the light and generally the understanding is that the, at the death moment the light the light, the light appears and then you just go into that and that's the light is the goodness of your life yeah? because when you focus on the good there's something light happens do you notice that? When there's generosity and love, something shining and bright occurs for you? Do you see that in your heart? Hmm? You focus on it. That's why we encourage things like just generous, small generosities. It doesn't matter, it's the, the quality of it. Hmm? very simple form, you notice that something bright occurs, a loving heart. This is a very simple, accessible form of the good, but it carries that characteristic bright light and your heart goes into it and you feel lifted. That's where you want to be when you're dying. You don't want to be in sense consciousness, hanging on to that, worrying about you know, the furniture. <laughs> or what so-and-so did to you ten years ago. You don't want to be with that stuff. You want to be in the bright. 
ready to go. Okay, you know, thank you very much. You want to be saying thank you to your life. Not, oh dear, oops, sorry about that. You don't want to be doing that. You don't want to be going through a tribunal. Oh dear, messed that up. You want to be saying thank you to it. So forgiving. And this is something to cultivate on a daily basis. You know, at the end of the day, at least at the end of the day. Today, tonight, maybe the last night. If you have to go. If the Lord of Death comes to the door and says, you're next. You know, there's no negotiation. It's time to go. Then, okay. You ready? Hmm? Recollect the good. <laughs> Recollect the pure. Recollect the loving. Recollect the sweetness. Go into that. And train yourself to do this so it becomes something that your mind, your chitta knows that that move, it doesn't hang on to the past or the future or who you are or what you could have been or what somebody did to you or why is it like this or it doesn't hang on to it, just you know, get on the right vehicle and then you're going to you know, at least go upwards to the brightness, to the light at least this is the release of clinging Oh, you consider the person. Can you experience a person without, you know, this sense of comparing to how it was and how it would be? Can you experience a person without thinking it could be this or it should be that? Can you experience a person without saying, why am I this, why am I that? Can you experience a person without remembering what somebody else did or didn't do? Yeah? There's no such thing as an independent person. A person is always conditioned, formed in, through these ways. Through comparing, contrasting, opposing, resisting, remembering, planning. If that stops, there isn't a person. Wouldn't, isn't that worthwhile? Yeah. So it's not like you get rid of trying to get rid of something that really is there. You're just getting rid or releasing or out of the suffering, and then the person don't know. Don't have to know. No. But you know, feeling. You know, perception you know, mental formations, you know, skillful actions, you know, you know, persistence, you know, how to experience feeling, negative, positive feeling, and you're not, you know, that's what you need to know. And who you are, how where you are, how you measure yourself, just don't, don't, you know, release that as much, you know, wherever you can. This is your focus. Um, so I generally now, I, my bhavana is just being alive. You know, it's my meditation, is being alive and noticing when I get snagged. 
Uh -uh. Okay, thank you, good. Do it now. Give me all the possibilities to cling now so I can get through it. So that at the end of it, you know, I've dropped it. So I've tested, you know. Give me something to, to be annoyed about, to be disappointed by. Bring it on so that I can look at whether I'm going to start clinging and fighting or whether I'm going to go, well, it's like this. So we go, you know, world is great like that. It's always going to give you something to get snarled up about. <laughs> Fascinated with crave. Here it is, another one. Yeah. You know. Release the clinging. This is our examination for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, how long it is. Pass the test, good, you can go. <laughs> yeah, so I find it's just that really I've, I just want to stop suffering. So when I start to think about you know, meditating and make too much of that, then it's how long do I meditate? How good can I meditate? She's stopping me meditating. He's getting in the way of me meditating. It's too much noise for me to meditate. It's too hot for me to meditate. It's too cold for me to meditate. I'm too sick to meditate. I'm too tired to meditate. I'm too busy to meditate. I'm having too much fun to bother to meditate. This meditation is really a lot of suffering. <laughs> How should I meditate? Which system should I Am I good at it? When will I ever be good at it? How can I get better at it? How much time do I need to do? Yeah. Then I'm doing this now, I have to do this while I sooner meditate. I've got to do this, but really I want to meditate. Yeah. You know, clinging. So just look, this kind of attitude is not going to get you anywhere apart from suffering. Stop clinging. <laughs> you know, grow up. Stop differentiating your life into little clingy bits that you want and other clingy bits that you kind of have to bring, you know, bear with or rush over just deal with it all as it happens you know, roll with it the displeasure, the confusions the criticisms, the joyfulness the separation of the loved the pangs that occur this is hard, okay you know being open and equanimous to this existence. Yeah. And then you think, well, and then you know, when it's, you sit down, you're sitting, that's what's happening. That's me called, okay, I guess I'm meditating now. <laughs> because that's, you know, you know. And it's good to do that, definitely. I do recommend it. I certainly, um, you know, put things aside to get to that simplicity and to refresh in that simplicity. But I'm not making some kind of contest, you know. And the mind flows and settles. And here I am. I'm not going to give up goodwill, patience, tolerance of others so that I can meditate. 
Breathing in, breathing out. It's happening all the time. Life force is flowing all the time. Moods and impulses are happening all the time. Thoughts and non-thoughts, knowing and unknowing, happening all the time. Perspective, feel the energies of it. Compose yourself in that. Compose your attention. Take it carefully. Avoid that jumping impulse, snagging, resisting, pushing. Take it steady. This is Bhavana. Cultivating.
So, chanting the verses of sharing aspiration, sharing and aspiration. So, these are just some, the words, I just present some images that may have uh, meaning for you or not. But the theme is a good one to cultivate a sense of letting your awareness expand letting your awareness expand to you know, your life to the people, beings, the forces in the universe that touch your life the, obviously the, the parents, the friends, the sisters, the brothers so that which is your karmic field, you could say, widen it. People living here, people who are people who are cleaning and cooking, people who are managing, people who are working, people in this country, you know, it's really wide. And people in your in your own town, animals, trees, plants, just you know, the life. It's all sharing the same life force. Why break it up? It's the blessing of this life. May the goodness of our hearts it be rich enough to be a source of blessing to this life. No, let us chant the verses of sharing and aspiration through the goodness that arises from my practice. May my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father, and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all the dearest leaders of the world. May the highest gods and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile. May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless. Through the goodness that arises from my practice, through this act of sharing, May all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nibbana in every kind of birth. May I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom, austerity and vigor May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. 
Buddha is my excellent refuge. Unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble Lord. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, may darkness and delusion be dispelled.